What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 15th episode of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast, your weekly podcast where we talk about hockey cards. Okay, we probably want a slogan at some point. Uh, I'm your host, Eli Dubrowski. With me, your other host, Ryan Creed. Got a big, fun show prepared for today. Yeah, episode 15. It is the fourth in the series where we go over our top selections from each team in the NHL. Today we're doing Boston, which brings me to a number 15, Milt Schmidt. Okay. Do you know Milt Schmidt? I know Nate Schmidt. Is that uh, mm. a relative? Actually, that would be an interesting thing to find out. But uh, yeah, there's not, a, there's not a ton of 15s that uh, have worn that number through history and been amazing. But Milt Schmidt is a guy from the 50s that played for Boston. Uh, won two cups as a player, two cups as a GM, signed Bobby Orr. Oh. And uh, Bobby Orr is on the record saying Milt Schmidt is the best Boston Bruin ever. So, like, better than himself? Better than himself. I mean, can we really trust Bobby Orr's judgment then when he says something like that? I think he's being humble. Right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And uh, I looked up his hockey card, 1951 Parkhurst. Uh, Milt Schmidt PSA 8 is about 600 bucks. Hey. I don't even know if there are PSA 9s or 10s out there, but pretty cool. I mean, I wonder if like any PSA 8 card from that series will go for like $500 just because how unlikely is it that a card was kept in such good condition for 70 years? But uh, take it, Milt Schmidt. Is he still alive? I, I didn't look that part <laughs> up. You could tell me. Okay, well, now I just laughed awkwardly. He would be, what, 70 right now? I mean, his rookie card, his card would be 70. Oh, right. His card would be 70 years old. Yeah, so I imagine... Yeah, he's he unfortunately passed away a couple years ago at the age of 98 in 2017. Oh, wow. Wow, nice long life. Yeah, apparently he was with the Bruins for 80 years or something like that, from like when he started playing to when he retired. Wasn't there uh, Esposito? Didn't he, like... I think Phil Esposito is the first ever hockey player to get 100 points in a season. And wasn't he on the Bruins when he did that? Or am I totally That's blowing this? pretty impressive also. Yeah, the Bruins have had a few good players, I would say. But I think if we go with the best number 15, the best player to ever wear number 15 in the NHL, we could go with Milt Schmidt. Uh, okay, sure. And by the way, we have esposito on the bruins he didn't nice. start his career there but he had his hundred year career or season right. on the bruins better than last week right where i just talked about a bunch of wrong players on team canada this week at least i'm saying one uh, fun fact that's actually correct all right so we got the plan for today's show we're going to go through i guess we kind of messed up at one point well, we, we didn't mess up but like we didn't know who was going to be in what division when we started this series so now we're kind of doing a mishmash of some of the teams that are not from canada but are also not out west and that's this division that like you know generally we would call like the central division or the atlantic division or i don't know so that's the plan for today we're going to go through each team we're going to say which player we think you should invest your hard-earned money on in terms of buying their young guns card and hoping it'll go up in value sometime in the near future so i guess we can just get started yeah let's do it yeah so Uh we are starting in detroit and in typical fashion, we're going from worst in this division to best in this division. And Detroit was worse than everybody. So they are number one. But you know what? They're not the worst to me in terms of card values. Like, I think there's some players that I'd be interested in. Well, I know you have your system where you're allowed to pick even players that have ever been on Detroit. So I'm sure you're just going to say Steve Eiserman or something oh. like that. Wow. Like, I, yeah, I was looking through all the amazing players of old Eiserman, Zetterberg, Lidstrom, Fedorov, Gordy Howe. Um, Datsuk. Yeah, Datsuk. Like, I kind of steered clear of them a little bit. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about the Datsuk cards. Uh, they There's actually two of them. There was apparently a version in the hobby boxes and a version in the retail that are completely different and have different values. But it, there's, like, very... It's very hard to find anything that's, like, graded at a high level. Um, but I also really like Datsu because he's still playing, right? Like he is going to hit the hall of fame for sure. Um, so he's still, he's still got like momentum as far as his card is concerned. And obviously everyone loves him. Every time I see a discussion about this hockey card, like every single person wants one. And that's kind of like a good sign to me. 
well, how much will it cost to get one right now? Because that's obviously one big oh, part of the equation. Yeah, it's, I mean, so because there's like two different cards, it's a bit tough to say. Anywhere from like 150 to 250 raw. And then, you know, the graded cards are all over the place. Um, you could get a PSA 9 for 1200 right now on eBay if like you really want to do that. And you um, think that's a good investment? Like, uh, well, you think it's going to go up? I like, I like, if you can get the raw card at a decent deal, I like that. Um, I, it's hard for me to value the PSA cards because they're so varied and you can't really find them easily. Um, but like as much as I really wanted that to, I don't know if that's really my answer to this question. Um, personally, I'm going towards Anthony Mantha, who hmm. you can get for like 15 raw PSA 10. You can get easily under hundred. It's like 80 bucks maybe. Um, he had a great season last year, and uh, I don't see that changing, really. Yeah, Mantha is kind of like, last week I talked about Fiala and how he's like a guy who, you know, had like half of an amazing season. But when you look at his overall numbers, it doesn't look that great. And it's like, if he could do that for a full year, I was saying, like, I think like then he could like skyrocket or at least like shoot up a little bit. Mantha's kind of like, Mantha's had a few really good seasons in terms of rate stats. And last year was his best. He had 38 Mm. points in 43 games, which is a 72 point pace. But again, he only did in 43 games. He missed time with injury. But if he can like actually put up like his career high is only 48 points in a season. Yeah. But if he could actually play. And again, this year, he also won't beat that because it's only a 56 game season. Well, actually, he probably still could beat 48 points uh, if he has a really good year. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it would be a bit of a longer term investment because Detroit's probably going to stink again. And no matter how well he does, it's not like a lot of people are going to be watching the Red Wings. But yeah, once uh, they finish this rebuild, who knows how long that'll take. But <laughs> hopefully they're on their way. They've got some prospects. So yeah, I could see Mantha being worth something one day. And I think I like the direction you're going. I just wonder if that's the best bang for your buck. If you're spending around $15, and we can only pick one player. I'm not saying it's a bad investment, but I do wonder. So some other names that came to my mind. Shaggy Bro here in the chat is saying, gotta go Zadina. Yeah. Who... The thing with Zadina is uh, he's not, like, so, so cheap. Like, here Shaggy Bro said, like, you can get him for a $10 card. Like, I'm looking on eBay. I'm seeing a Zadina Young Guns just sold on auction a, a couple days ago. Or, no, today for $20, American, uh, Canadian. Yeah, so I was seeing them at around 20 They've They've gone up quite a bit even in the last two to four weeks. Yeah, um, and I feel like Zadina, like, might be good. Like, he seems like... I feel like in fantasy, he's a good like last round pick in a draft this year because he could finally have his break. He was looking good last year before he got injured uh, when he, for, for a short stretch. Like, he wasn't looking good the yeah. whole time, but then he went on a bit of a run when he got on the top line with the star of the team, in my opinion, Dylan Larkin. And to me, it's like Dylan Larkin is cheaper, like the same price as Mantha, like cheaper than Zadina. We're talking like $15, $17 I'm seeing for raw Larkin young guns being sold and then if i if i search switch for a psa 10 here actually quite a big multiplier right that we're looking at like 130 so yeah. i think the best investment is even you don't even need to wait right if i would buy a larkin raw obviously it's tricky because you need to make sure it's a psa 10 so do whatever you can to do your best due diligence but either way i think larkin is also a guy who's like to me he's the star of the team and i think there's like a premium for i don't think zadina's going to be a bigger star than dylan larkin maybe i don't know if that's like a hot take or something like i feel like larkin is the star even mantha is really good but i still kind of always think of it as like larkin is the main guy so for 15 bucks i'll just take the stud i'll take larkin and uh that's that's my pick it's probably boring but uh, that's what i'm going with no, I don't mind it. He's like only slightly more expensive than Mantha, and I, and like it's kind of personal preference on that team and who you think can really take off. Like I could see Mantha doing it. Um, I even looked at Bertuzzi. You can get his cards for like ten dollars. He's like maybe not quite as high level of an offensive talent, but he kind of does everything. So yeah. you know, you might you might get a little more hype out of him. Um, maybe. By the way, uh, sorry, I don't mean to like be such a naysayer. Like, yeah, Bertuzzi's good. I just don't see him as like being like the type of player whose like, card is going to skyrocket. You know, like I don't see him being like well, a, a I star. see him as like a Matthew Kachuk, right? Like maybe not quite the same offensive upside, but like he's going to make the news because he's kind of getting in the dirty areas and and doing stuff people like to talk about. Right. Um, like he's a character. Yeah. 
sure, okay. So for whatever that's worth, yeah, that could end up giving him a little bit. I think like Bertuzzi is someone that, yeah, maybe if you're lucky, you'll like double your money, you know, spend 10 and then sell for 20 or something. I don't, hard for me to imagine him being like a stud, like even if he's like, you know, funny in the media or whatever. But I feel like you have to get to a certain level to be a really good investment. Um, One other guy I'll throw out there as like, if you want to go really cheap, I guess even cheaper than Tyler Bertuzzi is what about Philip Hronik? over on yeah. defense he's kind of like the only one they've got right now in terms of an uh, oh no actually that's not true they have more at cider coming up so okay cider i don't even think has a rookie card yet so i don't know if Hirono's Hiron, gonna be the top power play this year and i've seen like psa 10 auctions going for like 50 bucks so like as yeah. cheap as you can get and then probably let me see if it, if we're not looking at psa 10 i'm sure we're looking at definitely le- around five dollars so, yeah, I mean, you can definitely go out there and get all kinds of cool Heronic cards for quite cheap. I just don't see him really having a lot of hype. And even if he does well on the power play, like, you know, he was there last year. Like, I'm just not really psyched well, about him, but it's not a brutal $5 investment. I think in the end, it's kind of like no one's going to really shoot up until the Red Wings are not terrible. And then once they go right. on a playoff run, it's like, who are the stars of the team then? Yeah. So if Hironik is the their main defenseman at that time, then that could be a good time to get a return on your $4 investment. But yeah, I, I agree with you that yeah. even if he has like a 45-point year this year, even a 50-point pace season, it's still not going to be worth that much if Detroit no. is in the basement once again, which they probably will be. Yeah, and I see him getting surpassed by the time they actually have a talented team. So I, I don't know. I like. I think yeah. you could get five dollar Heronics and maybe double your money like in the next year or so. But that's kind of what I'd be hoping for, which isn't really what you want. Okay, so there's Detroit, kind of lackluster overall enthusiasm for this team, which is fair. Uh, but buy some Red Wings now for cheap, and who knows? Maybe in five years, some of these guys will be yeah. stars, or maybe some of them will be like like you said, they're kind of overshadowed by the new crop of young players that help take them to the next level that don't even have cards yet. So, okay, let's go to the next team here. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. They're a team I'm very excited about for this year. Yeah, I act- and we've talked about Buffalo a lot, right? Like, there's, I think, maybe four players on my list that we mentioned a lot because for different reasons. Um, I'm going to let you start this one off, but I feel like people might know our answer if they've listened to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, so definitely it's hard not to say just Eichel because he's Jack Eichel and he's awesome. And as as we've mentioned on the show, I love how his card looks like his Young Guns card is just really cool of him celebrating a goal. So it's probably one of my favorite Young Guns cards in terms of just the, the picture. Uh, but of course we're not talking so cheap, but also it's not like so expensive. Like he's not at the level of like a dry sidle, you know, and, or even like a Kucherov or, you know, one of these like higher level players. So, and it's possible that like Eichel's had some bad luck in terms of he hasn't had the most amazing players to play with yet. I feel like this year with Taylor Hall and Rasmus Dahlin, like, you know, Hall's arriving, Dahlin is maturing, is no longer a teenager. I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely getting deja vu that we've said all this before. Anyways, I feel like Eichel could you know, have a quote-unquote break. I don't know how much he could break out from already being, like, a over-point-per-game player, but I think he could, like, potentially... If things break right, he could be among the league leaders in points, theoretically. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but it's something that could happen, so I could see him going up. But for me, I think the easier answer is to say Dalin just because he's still not that expensive you could get his PSA 10 for around 100 bucks I overspent I spent like 120 and then Aaron told me that I overspent and I was like oh too bad but then you know what I'm over it now because I have it and it's a cool card and I could see Dalin going up you know for if you're not looking for a graded card we're talking what like 30 bucks 30 40 dollars it's about 35 and actually the good news for you and me I was looking at PSA 10s today, and it's starting to get more towards the $200 range already. Oh, so sheesh, y'all. People are starting to understand, like, Darlene could do similar things to Makar and Hughes and Heiskanen to some extent. Uh, he hasn't really, like, decided he's a stud defenseman in the league yet, um, but I think the opportunity is there, and he's that talented. But, yeah, I mean... Dalian is my pick, and it's been my pick out of a lot of players yeah. since we started this thing. 
Yeah, he's going to be great. Like, he's already been great. Like, sometimes you could look at the player's numbers. And like, you know, you could say, like, oh, but Kale McCarr had, like, 70 points in his rookie season. Dalin hasn't done that well. But then you have to remember that Kale McCarr was, like, a 21-year-old last year. And yep. Dalin was 18 and then 19 in his first two seasons. So it's, like, it's not comparing apples to apples. Like, let's see what Dalin does when he plays his first year as the same age as what Kale McCarr in his rookie season. I have a feeling it's going to be a bit closer, especially with Taylor Hall in the picture to help get some offense going for this team so obviously uh, it's buffalo so it's like a team where every year i think that it's their year and then nothing happens but <laughs> once again i think it's their year and then i'll give my uh, cheap answer maybe for every team i'll have one of these if you want to go cheap i really like linus allmark i think yeah. that he is uh like he's been really good when he's played the last couple of years like last year carter hutton started as like the starter for the team and he wasn't very good and eventually allmark took over and he went on a stretch of playing almost every game amazing numbers on not like the most amazing defensive team so now if like hall and whatever dalian like we've talked about if like the sabers actually reach the next level and become a playoff contender all of a sudden allmark gets in the spotlight a little bit i know there's another guy in the system or who echo there's like a long name of a, of uh, a buffalo goalie <laughs> Pe- but I can't even remember it, but I know who you're talking about, and he's like a stud prospect. Pekka Lukanen? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Pekka Lukanen. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a card out yet, but that could be a fun one to get once he starts getting some games. Right, yeah. Like, so Dalin could get overshadowed at some point, but for now, he's still, I think, the starter probably for the... Ne- when I say still, I think he's finally going to take over this year as the sure starter for at least a couple seasons. And so if Buffalo does well, I think we're talking like 2 $3. Like, we're talking nothing yeah. for a Dalin Young Guns. And it's a kind of a cool-looking card also. Like, it looks a little different than most goalie cards. So, uh, yeah, if you want to go yeah. cheap, go Dalene. If you want to go medium, or sorry, cheap is Le- Allmark, medium is Dalene, and then high, go with the Eichel, who's a sure thing to not go down. Yeah. Um, all right. Is that about all we have from Buffalo? Works for me, man. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to go next? Next is Chicago. Another pretty interesting team. Lots of history. Lots of Stanley Cups in recent memory. Um, but where I'll start is with I'll actually start with the guy I want to pick. Okay. Uh, and you may disagree with me on this one, but I'm pretty high on him. I'm going Kirby Doc. Okay. And I wouldn't buy him today. I'd be buying him in, I don't know, a month or two because he just got injured at the World Juniors, as everyone knows, and it was kind of devastating for Team Canada. Um, he was their captain. We were expecting him to do great things. He's not really coming back for a few months. So I'm kind of hoping that as the season starts, he kind of gets left under the radar. His cards go down a bit. Mm. You can invest in him at a bit of a lower price point. Right now, it's like 54 bucks raw, like 230 PSA 10. I don't really see that sustaining uh, as he doesn't play. Um, but I like, he's such a talented player. He's the right type of guy for the NHL. Um, he's going to play with Patrick Kane while Kane is still around and then probably lead the team in a way that Taze did. I think that's a great analysis. Like, it's a really smart idea. Obviously we'll have to see if this actually plays out the way you predict, but like in theory, this sounds like it makes sense. Like once right now, people are still talking about him. Like, yeah, he's injured. We're all disappointed, but he's still on people's minds. But yeah, once the season's going, people are talking about some other young prospects on even that team. You know, like maybe Bokvist starts to stand out. Kubalik mm. maybe continues to do well. They've got this guy Pius Suter coming in, who he's going to be a super cheap young guns. And I, I don't know. I have a feeling Pius Suter like he's not going to be a huge superstar, but I bet you he's going to step in and be a meaningful player, at least in fantasy. I bet you he's going to be mentioned on Keeping Carlson a few times. But Actually, uh, yeah. You, you kind of glazed over Bachfist there. I think that's a cool pick. It's like eight bucks raw. There's like no PSA tens out there really, um, and I think he's another guy that could be a really good defenseman. Hey, I mean, it's also all about opportunity, right? Like yeah. if he's the top power play defenseman, like Heronic, right? If he's a top power play defenseman on a team when they start to do well. And I don't know when this is going to happen. Chicago seems to really be rebuilding. And obviously it doesn't help that now Taves and... Like, they're not going to have a good year this year. D- Taves is hurt. Doc is yeah. out for the season. But yeah, maybe in a couple of years, Bokvist is their guy on defense. And that would be good. My pick is actually not someone I was expecting to pick when I started looking into this. But I was surprised at how cheap you can get an Alex DeBrinkett Young Guns card for. Hmm. Like, we're talking around $15. Even yep. like a graded one isn't... Like crazy, you know, around a hundred. Like a hundred, yeah. And to bring it, like he had a down year last year, 
But the year before that, he scored 41 goals and had 76 points. I'll bet you. And well, the thing is, it's probably was worth less a year ago just because there's been such a boom since then. You're right. But, you know, adjusting for card inflation, if that's a thing, uh, I'll bet you he was worth a lot more. And last year, like, yeah, DeBrink had had a down year, and there are reasons why. But one of the reasons why is he had a super low shooting percentage, right? He, he took 207 shots. He paced for the same number of shots as the year before, but only had 18 goals, or I guess paced for around, like, 22 instead of 41. But that was because he had less than half of his shots go in. And you could say that the previous year he had too high of a shooting percentage. Like, you know, it's hard. He's still a young yeah. player, so we don't know what his career average is going to be. But there was that. Also, he was off the top power play for a lot of the season. So that wasn't great. Like, his deployment was awesome this year. It sucks that Taves and Doc are injured, but definitely that means there's, like, ample opportunity for Dabrinkit to get on a top power play. Like, I don't know, like, at even strength, it might be hard for him because let's say Dylan Strom goes and centers a top line with Patrick Kane and let's say Kubali or something that who's Dabrinkit even playing with? Like, is Carl Soderberg his centerman? So, anyway, it's uh, we could speculate forever about how the Chicago Lions are going to shake out, but I just think that Dabrinkit could be in line if he gets a bit of better luck and if he is back on a you know, full-time top power play... Like, this is a guy who scored 40 goals, again, as a really young guy, like, as a 21-year-old. Now he's 23. So, yeah, uh, and it's cheap, right? So I think he could have a big, he has big boom potential, I guess I'll say. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. People in Chicago definitely love him, too. Like, he's fun to watch, and people talk about him. He's an electrifying player, if you can call someone that. Um, so there's, like there's high watchability, I guess is what mm-hmm. I would say, whether he gets 80 points or not, or paces for 80 points, this season's games played is really messing with me. Um, and maybe he gets to play with Patrick Kane again, uh, because that's when he really saw success, right? Like he was just tapping in pucks with Kane feeding him though. Um, and like the other, like mentioning Kane, like I, I look at Kane's prices and like, it's a lot it's like a thousand dollars for a PSA 10, but right. it's similar to Connor McDavid and Patrick Kane is arguably the best American player ever. So is that underpriced? I don't know. Hmm. Well, when you say similar to McDavid, like McDavid, we're talking like 2000 for a PSA 10. Um, so. yeah, you're right. Actually, it's half of McDavid, right. uh, similar to like a dry level or, I mean, like it's different, right? Because he's an older player, but I just wonder if his legacy is worth a bit more. Um, yeah, no, I think it makes sense. Like, also, there's the fact that one of our listeners pointed out to us, Kevin, that something we've kind of glossed over a bit is there are some cards that are, like, worth more because they're more rare. Like, you know, the classic, like, supply and demand. For some reason, these Lafreniere's are selling for hundreds of dollars, even though there's probably more Lafreniere young guns than, like, any other card, you know? Like, it's like Upper Deck is doing yeah. really well right now. I'm sure they printed, like, a ton of boxes because the market was there for them, as opposed to, like, Patrick Kane's rookie back in the early 2010s. No, earlier than that. Like, yeah, it just the market wasn't as big. There's probably like so many fewer available. So you would think that like that should dictate that it should be worth more if it's more rare. But at the same time, I don't know, like young guns canvas are more rare than regular young guns, but yet often the young gun is worth more. So yeah, the uh availability isn't the whole story, but you think it's something, and that would make be a reason to get the Patrick Kane PSA 10. It's probably a lot harder to find. Yeah, I definitely think it's something. Um, I think we can go on to Florida, but before we do, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Bobby Hull and Stan Makita, whose cards are quite expensive in PSA slabs. Um, And they're just kind of legends, so I thought they needed a mention. Fair enough. I mean, uh, then I guess we can go Jeremy Roenick and Ed Belfour. (laughs) But those are are from the cheap era, when you get their rookie card from 1990, and maybe a PSA 10 will give you, I don't know, $60? Yeah, like a PSA 4 Bobby Hull is 1800 PSA 4, you said? PSA 4. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that the highest that exists? I'd be curious to know. I There wasn't a lot on eBay. I didn't dig beyond that, but it's uh, it's not a very common card. How fun would it be to time travel and go back oh. to these like old years and just like get some packs, bring them back here safely? That would be... The opening, like you would get a, a lot of views on your Instagram, right? If you did a box <laughs> opening or some a pack opening of these like fresh packs that you got while time traveling. Just go back and get the box that has Gretzky in it and just get thousands of them. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like the Gretzky is obviously a super valuable. Well, I guess it sold for 1.2 million <laughs> as a PSA 10. So that's hard to view. But like, 
You, but like, is there even? I wonder if there's another card that could be worth more if a PSA ten existed. It's just none. Do like a Go- well, like Gordy Howe's rookie. Like there can't be a in existence a PSA ten of Gordy Howe's rookie from like the fifties. Yeah, I mean we're gonna talk about Boston a little later, but the Bobby Orr card is probably the most comparable to Gretzky. Like people love that card. Mm-hmm. And so what? But I guess it's never sold. But but yeah, I guess it depends. Is there a PSA ten in existence? Uh, we should have done our research. A PSA seven sold for twenty seven thousand. Yeah, so, so a ten might approach a million. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that would be fun. I guess maybe we could also like help the world do some whatevers by traveling back in time. Maybe tell sure, people to sure. watch out for COVID, but also pick up some sweet cards while while we're back there. Uh, all right, so where are we going now? Florida, Florida. Yawn. No, just kidding. Okay, Florida's like Florida was tricky for me. Like, there's Barkov and Huberdo are their star players, but like, I think they've kind of peaked like i don't know like how much better barkov and huberdo are gonna be and like well florida's a boring place to interject quickly please interject for a long time barkov while he may have peaked as a talent that team has not peaked as far as like having any level of success true so i think that would be what raises their prices so uh, I like that Aaron is saying in the chat here, he loaded up on Tippet. How much will it cost for an Owen Tippet? Because the nice thing about Tippet, the... the <laughs> yeah, Tippet is about 15 raw, 100 PSA 10. But the, yeah, price, range, the price range is a lot on Tippet. If you could get a cheap Owen Tippet, I like the opportunity. Yeah, I'm seeing a, he, a young gun sold for... Oh, wait, am I looking at sold? I'm seeing a $1 sale of an Upper Deck Exclusives. I saw that as well. I I don't know what happened there. Okay, but yeah, okay. So around like $7 maybe or $10 for his regular young guns. So uh, what I was going to say is with Hoffman and Dadanov out of the picture, there's like an opening, right? Like who does Florida even have? They signed Duclair. They signed uh, or they traded for Hornqvist. I don't think this is like the most competition. So if Owen Tippett is ready, he's a much more heralded prospect, like has a better pedigree than those other guys. Well, Hornqvist was really good back in the day, but he's already old and slow. But like, yeah, so and when I say old and slow, he's like younger than me. But uh, Owen Tippett <laughs> is someone who, yeah, could boost and be worth something. And yeah, but I also I do get your point that like maybe you could buy a Barkov if you want to spend like 50 bucks. He's great. Maybe with the right talent around him, he could even have a better season. And if Florida goes to the playoffs, he would be a fun guy to like see go far. It's so hard to imagine Florida going far. To be honest, I just don't really, I don't see it happening. I don't know. Like I guess Bobrovsky is so like, I don't know. So like maybe Spencer Knight will come in and help them yeah. and... I don't know. Hard to be optimistic. The, my choice ended up... Be, did you give your choice? Was it Owen Tippett? Or Barkov? You, you were supposed to tell me yours first. All right, fair. Give me... Because uh, it's not too expensive. I'm going to go a little off the board. I'm going to say an Aaron Ekblad canvas. Yeah. Okay? Oh, man. It's a cool-looking card. Beautiful. You got the stick. Like, it's curved. It looks good. So I feel like right there, it's a cool card. Uh I don't think it's that expensive. I don't it's have like maybe sixty dollars PSA ten because I was looking at one. I'm probably gonna buy one to be honest. It's just a beautiful, beautiful card. Yeah, that probably even beats the Eichel Young Guns. Plus the thing with the oh, Aaron had got an Ekblad canvas on the way. Sixty dollars for, for PSA ten. I'm saying yeah. PSA ten. All right, so here's the thing with Ekblad. First overall pick, right? Hasn't panned like he's been really useful to the team like he hasn't panned out as like an offensive superstar but he's never gotten a shot on the top power play because keith yandel never gets injured so like it's like this hasn't even there hasn't even been one game where i like where ekblad's gotten a shot on the top power play in the past like four or five years so i do kind of and he still last year had a great season right he pays for almost 50 points so imagine if he could add like 20 power play points on top of that all of a sudden you'd have a superstar yeah so that said, like there's like Yandel's still around, and he, he no indication that he's gonna ever get hurt. But no, nope. I feel like there's an opportunity that can happen. Like I, Ekblad is younger. At some point, he'll be oh, yeah. in the NHL, and Yandel will not be in the NHL. <laughs> and so, who knows if then maybe he has his chance to have a breakout, and then you sell that sweet uh, canvas for a little more than you buy it for. Because like you said, like you said, like a PSA ten for sixty dollars is close to the cheapest you could even get any PSA ten card of any player that you've heard of. Yeah, it's very close to the bottom. Like it starts bottoming out at forty bucks, so it's like an extra twenty bucks to get uh, a really high draft pick who is a talented player. And yeah, he has offensive skill. He just doesn't really get the opportunity. So I, I do. I actually like that pick a lot. 
Um, my pick is still Barkov because he's the heart and soul of the team. He's flashy. He's on the highlight reels. People love him regardless of whether he, they're Florida fans or not. And I think with Florida in particular, it's important for other people to like their players because they don't have a very large fan base. So it's got to be like what the hockey world loves. Um, and I also like the Tippett idea. I, I would I would be into that. Yeah, I think that Tippett is interesting. So wait, I'm just bringing up his uh, stuff here. So he was drafted 10th overall in 2017. He's only 21. So this is probably going to be his first year. He... Uh, has he even played any games for Florida? He played uh, seven games back in 2017-18. And then after that, had two straight seasons of just playing in the... Well, he played in the OHL in 2018. How did this happen? Like, I guess when you're really young, you, you bounce around. But last year, he played in the AHL, 40 points in 46 games. As a, I guess that would make him as a 20-year-old. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, he needs to do well this year, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd start to get concerned. But like I said, if any season, like he has a good opportunity here because Florida doesn't have too much in the top six. Okay, so uh, next up, let's go to Nashville. Another kind of, like, boring team. They have uh, they have a couple yeah. interesting players. I'm curious to see where you're going to go here. Yeah, I, I don't really get excited about Nashville. Hockey's taking off in Nashville, which is great. It's great news for the NHL. It's great news for their hockey cards. I don't really know how big their fan base is. It's definitely a dedicated one. But I, there's only really one answer for me, unless you are still believing in Eli Tolvanen, which isn't out of this world possible, but like, he's kind of like run out of runway. Like he's got to be good now or he's, he's not mm. going to be on their team ever. Um, so my pick is Philip Forsberg, who you can still get for like $20 raw under a hundred PSA 10. Um, he's had some injury trouble. I know, but I think he could still be a star in this league and I didn't really see much else that I liked at all on, on Nashville. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go as well. So I think we're in agreement. We had Dom Lucision on the last episode of Keeping Carlson, and he said that he thinks Forsberg could be like an 80, 90-point guy hmm. if the Nashville Predators liked him. Basically, right. he was like complaining that he doesn't get enough ice time for some reason, and on maybe on another team, he would play a lot more and then do better. So yeah, yeah. maybe somehow something changes, or maybe eventually he switches teams, or, or, or Nashville gets a new coach, or I don't know. Something's got to shift, but I, I agree with you that Forsberg has the star power, and he's, he's like Rise of Larkin, right? Yeah. We're talking about a, the best player on the team for around 20 bucks so it's really hard to argue with it that's like less than i don't know you go to a restaurant and get yourself a beer and a snack i mean you can't do that now but back in the day you know, 20 dollars isn't very much and no a, well forsberg young guns right and we were talking about uh zadina for 20 dollars. so like yeah. i'm gonna take forsberg for 20 dollars before i gamble on zadina yeah i agree uh, also, like, I did consider a couple other players, I'll just say, but then I can also tell you the reason why I didn't choose them. Like, you see Saros, I think, could take over as the Nashville starting goalie pretty soon. Like, I think Rene is... You know, even last year we saw it, that Saros started playing more than Rene, and Saros actually did pretty well down the stretch. Uh, the problem is that now Nashville has drafted this guy, Askarov, who is, like, really very good, and yeah. so that really limits like what Saros is going to do in his career, at least on Nashville. Maybe he ends up going to some other team at some point and does something. So it's like not an expensive player to invest in, but the upside isn't as high anymore, at least in his current situation. I looked at Roman Yosi, but he's like already kind of expensive and he just won the Norris. So I feel like like kind of what I was thinking about Barkov, but maybe even more so. Like I think he's peaked. Like at this yeah. point, he's done as as well as he's going to do. I don't see Nashville going on a long playoff run anytime soon. And Yossi's already like thirty, so he's probably only going to get. I th- I think he'll still be good for a couple of years, but you know I I don't know if he's going to be good at around the time that Nashville's also good for him to be like a headman and go on a run with them. And he's already like priced similar to a headman, so that yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know if you want to go super cheap. I don't even really believe in this, as I'm saying it. Like, Victor Arvidsson could still be good. He, like, yeah. had a couple good years, and now he's, like, totally fallen off, and you could get his cards for, like, less than $5. But uh, I don't really think it's worth it. I, I think if I was going, like, cheap, like, $5 or less, I'd be gambling on Fabro. Because okay. he's shown offensive upside as a D-man. The problem, obviously, on Nashville is just a lot of talented D. But I think he's a good player. How about if you want to spend a dollar? How about like a Luke Coonan? Is that yeah. crazy? No, it's not nuts. But like Nashville, and this is why Forsberg struggles, is like they play 
offense from the defense. So forwards don't really get a lot of points. They don't, they're not allowed to like be flashy, fancy players. I, I just don't really see him going up and he's not in a Nashville Jersey on his card. So I don't know. All right. This is like a sad, I feel like we're ending every uh, one of these conversations. Like kind of like, eh, you know, we got well, some okay. teams are just not like, yeah. Like, so it's good to go through all these teams like this. Cause we don't talk about some of them very much, but it's also surfacing why we don't talk about some right. of them very much because like certain teams probably are not a good investment except in like kind of edge cases. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's try to bring the energy up for the reigning Western conference champion, Dallas stars. Yeah. And that's like a team in fantasy, at least. So that's kind of boring, actually. But for hockey cards, okay, I feel like the one that jumps out as like the rising star on the team that everyone's buzzing about is Miro Haskinen. Yep. After the playoff run, he did so well, especially in those first two rounds. He kind of quieted down right at the end. We were doing a playoff pool for the Keeping Carlson listeners, where it was like you got eliminated after each round and redrafted for the following round. I actually won that pool against like a nice. hundred other people, by the way. But uh, the interesting thing was like, so Haskinen did so well in the first two rounds, then he started getting drafted like super high in, in the later rounds, and he wasn't even like that great. Like he, he was still fine. But anyways, that, that's all, doesn't really matter, right? Because he's super young. He's emerging as like the number one defenseman on the team. Like he and Klingberg maybe will share power play time next year. I don't think like either of them has it in the bag. Uh, the thing with Haskinen, though, is he's not, like, so cheap right now. He's gone down a little bit since the playoff run. But we're still looking at an auction that ended a couple days ago that for $36, uh, $30 also on that day. So we're talking around 30 to 35 or more. And then, so, I don't know. Just, just to say, like, he's not cheap, right? So I think he's going to be have a really good career. Also, like, on Dallas, I don't know how, like, you know, they're not going to make the Stanley Cup Finals every year. And on a year when they don't make the Finals, is Haskinen, like, that exciting? Like, I don't know if he's, like, a primo, like, offensive defenseman. He's more of just, like, an all-around great player. So, I'm not going to pick Haskinen. Do you think that's, like, crazy right off the bat? Like, was Haskinen your answer? It it still is my answer because I truly believe Haskinen's, like, a superstar. Um but his cards are getting expensive. So I could understand for sure going a different direction and going a different direction, especially if you don't think Dallas is going to be like one of the better teams in the league. I'm still not sure if they are going to be or not. It's, it's tough for me. Like I didn't think they were that great last year, but then they were. So yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm still with that guy. Yeah. I mean, I could be convinced. Like, I think he's a good investment because he's just going to have a really good career. He's super young. Yeah. Like, Dallas, he might not, who knows if he's even on Dallas his whole career. Like, you know, it's a lo- I think it's a long-term investment for someone like Haskin. And, like, right now he's a bit expensive, like, for now, but it might seem cheap in a little while. Like, Shaggy's yeah. saying he's going to compete for Norris trophies. Right. If he's, oh, like, yeah. winning a Norris and $30 for his young guns, it's probably the right answer. You just have to spend a little bit more. If you want to go super cheap on a player that you don't have to spend a lot of money on and might have some upside, I looked at like Denis Gurionov yep. for what are we like ten bucks around yep. there, and I think that he like again like he's gonna have an opportunity like Sagan's out like you know like uh, all these Nashville or sorry Dallas guys they they seem similar to me Dallas and Nashville like low scoring team, but like uh, all the with two good defensemen that get a lot of the points. But so maybe there's some analogies to be made. But yeah, Dallas, uh, like their older, their stars are all old. Like at this point, like Ben yeah. and Radulov. Uh, so like Pavelski. So you'd think like young players like Gurionov have a chance to step up. He already had a really good playoffs. So he's someone to look at. If you want to go super, well, not cheap, but just like another guy that's on my radar, but not to buy, but just like, I guess like Jake Ettinger in Nets. His like young guns just came out this year. Yeah, actually, and, there's three guys that came out in 2020-21. Edinger, uh, Thomas Harley, who's playing in uh, the World Juniors right now on defense, and Jason Robertson. Right. They're all going for like 6 to $8. I still think, maybe not in Harley's case because he's going to be playing and then straight into camp, but you, I think you could still wait a bit and get them a bit cheaper because the set just came out. But But they're probably starting to get towards the bottom of what you'll kind of be able to buy them for. Um, and they're all top prospects. Um, actually, yeah, I'm missing Delandria as well, who's another good player, thanks to Lap in the chat. So they've got solid, like, brand-new prospects. Um, oh, and Kiviranta. There's so many. <laughs> Kiviranta, yeah. So Kiviranta, like, 
he's going to be forgotten. I, I believe. Oh, sure. Uh, great, 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 great story, but that's, I wouldn't be going that direction. Um, so there's these young guys and then there's guys like Pavelski, like who you mentioned who like, I don't know what, if like what value this has when it comes to hockey cards, but like, he's got the most playoff points by an American ever. And his PSA 10 is like 150 bucks. Raw is like 25. Um, so yeah, I don't know like where he fits, but it was interesting to me. Yeah, I guess with those older players, like Pavelski's obviously done, so now you're just hoping for some fanfare on his way out of the league, which gets people more yeah. excited about him. So yeah, that's possible. And who knows, maybe he could have a resurgence. Like I don't think he's done. You know, He had no. a really down year last year, but the year before, he was good on San Jose. So yeah. maybe something could happen. I don't know, on Dallas, it's hard to imagine him doing that, anything that exciting. I was going to bring up Ettinger, because we're talking like around $5 I'm seeing recently. $3.25 even for one auction that ended today with $3 shipping. Uh, so I guess the reason I bring him up specifically is because right now Bishop is injured. Bishop's always like injured. Bishop's a good goalie. He's he's older. Like obviously Hudobin is older. He just signed. So it's like at some point uh, Bishop and Hudobin won't be around. And like even this year we're going to get an opportunity to see what Ettinger has because he's going to be the backup. And Hudobin's never really been a volume starter in the NHL. He's always been in a tandem or been the backup. So like I don't like Hudobin had that great playoff run, but I don't know if he could handle a whole bunch of games without you know letting it wear on him. So I think Dallas would be smart to give Ettinger a decent number of starts so we're gonna get a chance to see what he can do and yeah again this is like a long-term investment but also we're talking like five bucks so why not just get a bunch of Ettingers and maybe like when Dallas goes on their next long playoff run in like five years maybe he's their starting goalie yeah I don't think that's out of the question um we skipped over Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan sure uh, like Sagan, Sagan obviously expensive. people love Sagan yeah it's like 200 bucks PSA 10 um, he's got Stanley Cups. Uh, Jamie Benn obviously doesn't, but, you know, Team Canada star in the big Olympic Games. Um, Jamie Benn, you can get a raw for like 25 bucks. So that's like kind of an interesting option, actually. But um, I don't know. And then Klingberg is like actually really cheap. So there's a lot of options on Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's always so tricky with these shows, like for the players that like their best years are behind them. It's like really hard to recommend investing in them now, but there's, I'm sure like some will go up, right? So like, it's possible that people get excited about Sagan for some other, like he's injured. Like Sagan might be good actually now, maybe just because he's injured. And so I wonder if the same thing with Kirby Doc, like maybe people stop thinking about Tyler Sagan as much. Maybe you get him at a bit of a discount and he's not injured for the whole year. He might come back in like April when there's still like a month left in the regular season. And if, if Dallas could go back to the playoffs, right. And like, what if like, then Sagan is back. What if he's like fully healed? He's rested. He's like much better than he was last year. Cause he had a bit of a down year last year. Then what if all of a sudden he helps Dallas surge to another playoff run? Then all of a sudden like Sagan surges. So maybe your doc, advice fits for Sagan where wait a couple of months when like the season's going Sagan's not on anyone's mind maybe you find a good deal on eBay you know set him up as a watch list guy on your eBay like just anytime a Sagan PSA 10 or whatever shows up see if you can get a bit of a discount get him at like 150 maybe instead of 200 all of a sudden maybe that's a good deal and then once he comes back people will be excited it's like hey Sagan's back and then hopefully he's like you know, not back to his career best, but hopefully he's back to 100% health and able to go back to being like a 30, 40 goal scorer. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I can be convinced on Sagan. So okay, right now a Sagan, Young Guns, we're looking at raw, like 125, 100, oh, here's a 225 for a PSA 10. Yeah, yeah. it's funny how similar his raw and PSA 10 cards are actually. But it's uh, not even worth it to buy raw, I don't think. Yeah, buy no, the PSA don't buy 10. his raw card. Uh, because this but might yeah. not be a 10, right? The reason is because you might buy the raw card, and all of a sudden, if you get a PSA 9, it's worth, like... Yeah, yeah it's, we get it. Yeah, like, go for that PSA 10 if you're getting Sagan. The other thing that he's never going to lose is his good looks, and uh, he's liked for that in many buildings around the league, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a handsome boy. Yeah, he was on... I remember there was some, like, Sports Illustrated thing where a bunch of, yeah. like, athletes were naked, and he was, like, the, the hockey player representative in that. Yeah. Okay, so next up, let's go to Tampa Bay. We just yeah. talked about who they beat in the Stanley Cup Finals this past year, so now let's go to the champion. Uh, the first thought that comes to my mind, or is it your turn to go first here? I'm going to give my selection first, but 
I mean, we're ending here with Tampa and then Boston. Tampa Bay is the best team in the actual Central Division. We're ending with Boston because we skipped them previously. Um, but I think Tampa Bay this year has a pretty easy division. Granted, they have some key injuries. Um, yeah. <laughs> one, namely, in Kucherov. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, like my answer on Tampa hasn't really changed. I still am going towards Braden Point because I th- I think he's going to be the heart of that team. Um, Stamkos just is kind of never around anymore. Braden Point is that like similar to Barkov. He's like the electrifying guy. Um, you can get the Raws for like fifty five. PSA ten is about two fifty, um, which is still expensive. But uh, yeah, love that guy. Yeah, I think Point has really shown that he's not, like, super line-dependent. You know, he's shown that he can be really good no matter who he's playing with. Like, yeah, he's played with really good players, and I think this year he's going to prove it again. Like, I think a lot of people are starting to be worried in fantasy that now, like, Point won't be as good because Kucherov's injured. And I have a feeling, like, yeah, maybe Point won't have, like, his best ever season, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see him still be close to a point per game. Like, because he's going to get all the minutes, he's going to, like, be out in all the key situations, and... He's a really talented player, so I really do think that Braden Point is going to prove once again how good of a player he is uh, this season. So he's a good bet. Uh, I'll give you my my cheap option. Uh, do you want to try to guess? I bet you can guess who it is, actually. Cheap option. Uh, Somewhat cheap. Like uh, There's not a lot of bucks. cheap options on this team, but I guess maybe I would say Sergachev. Yeah, I'm thinking Sergachev. He's still not that old. He's only 22. It feels yeah. like he's been around like forever already. He's been behind Hedman the whole time. But, like, Sergeyev already last year, by the end, was seeing some top power play time. He didn't do much with it offensively. But, again, super young. Uh, I think that... And also, like, Hedman's a lot older, right? So I think at some point, Sergeyev is going to be on this team or another team, who knows, like, without anyone ahead of him. So this would be a bit of a longer-term investment. But I still think Sergeyev has star power in him to be, like, a top defenseman. So I think for, like, $5, $10, like, especially if you could get a deal on him at some point, you know, another guy to just kind of watch and then snipe when you see him for cheap. I think that there's some decent upside there. And then I guess the same advice on Sagan and Doc maybe applies to Kucherov. Like, Kucherov's going to come back next season, and I'm sure he's going to challenge for the Art Ross again. Like, he's awesome. And, like, hopefully the surgery he's having doesn't change that i'd hope that he's getting the best medical attention available uh but yeah maybe like kucherov's young guns are very expensive but who knows watch for a dip and we'll report on it i guess on this show but like yeah uh, keep keep an eye on kucherov's price if he goes down like you know yeah this year's a bummer that he's out but he'll be back and then it'll be forgotten yeah his cards are pretty expensive still right now it's like 700 bucks for a psa 10 like almost 200 for a raw maybe even more um so it's a bit of a tough buy as he's injured, but if it drops, like if you can get a deal, it's pretty sure thing. He's going to come back and be incredible. Um, I like, if you're looking at Stamkos in comparison, who's actually cheaper, um, which is kind of interesting. I, I'm not like as confident that Stamkos will come back and be elite again. He obviously is uber talented as we saw as he like half broken had like one shift and scored an amazing goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, is he going to come back and be a player again? Is my concern for a guy that's like 400 bucks at PSA 10. And then the, the only other guy on the team is Vasilevsky who is going to be the goalie on a very good team for a long time. Yeah. I guess the thing, right. With Sam Kos and Vasilevsky is they're already priced high and like Vasilevsky, yeah. Vasos is like really good. Like, I don't want to take heat. I know last week I took some heat about Rantanen. I will say that I think Vasilevsky is like overrated in terms of how good he is because he's in like the best situation. He's been in it his whole career, like yeah. on a good team. He's been good. Like, I'm not saying he's not a good goal. Like, he's really good. Like, I, he's at a like above. Like, I don't even want to say he's not an above average goal. He's above average, and maybe even that's not giving him enough credit. But I think people look at him as like one of the best goalies in the league because he like has like if you look at wins, you know, he's, he's among stretched. the top of all the goalies. But I feel like if Vasilevsky was, you know, were to switch places with. I don't even know, Robin... Le- like, imagine if, like, Leonard was on Tampa last year and Vasilevsky was on Chicago. I don't think Vasilevsky would have done as well on Chicago as Leonard would have. Like, there's all these, like, measures, underlying stats about goals saved above average and, like, taking into account the 
difficulty of the shots he's faced. And I think yep. Vasilevsky is generally like uh, average on that stat. Like he's doing as well as like an average goalie should do. But you can't take away from the fact that he's like been amazing. He's like played a lot, which is really hard for, you know, like you have to give a lot of credit just for the fact that he can play so many games in a season and still be sharp in the playoffs like he was last year. It's not taking anything away from him. And he's still going to be on Tampa Bay. So it's not as if it even matters. He's going to be there the rest of his career. But if Tampa Bay ever like starts to not be as strong, I wonder if, I don't know if like Vasilevsky will like carry them on his back. And then at that point, I wonder if his card would dip. So I'm not yeah. super excited to like invest on Vasilevsky at over $100 right now. I don't think that's a super hot take. Like Vasilevsky's numbers are comparable to many guys like in the Koskinen territory even. Um, so like it's not like he's Carey Price that is like the reason his team is so good. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have a chance at a Stanley Cup again. And that's pretty good. But yeah, I, like I'd choose one of their forwards or high quality D men for sure. Yeah. But to be fair, I feel like what I just said about Vasilevsky was like sort of the narrative on Corey Crawford for a long time. Yeah. Like Chicago was winning cups and people were like, yeah, Crawford was fine, but it's like, he's just, he's like a good goalie, but not amazing. And now like later in his career, people talk about Crawford, like actually he's had an amazing career. Like he's been such a good goalie. It like took him a lot of time to like gain the respect of like being such a great That's goalie. True. So I wonder if, I wonder if maybe Vasilevsky will... But yeah, Vasilevsky right now, people think about it as amazing. So I guess it's not exactly a perfect analogy, just like from what we were talking about. Okay, let's end the episode on the Boston Bruins. Like you said, this is a team, again, with a lot of like already super high-priced young guns. Uh, I think I brought it up at one point that I saw Bergeron going for so much higher than I would have expected. Like, uh, I forget off the top of my head. I think it was like $1,000 for a PSA 10 or something uh, crazy like that. Yeah, so his PSA 10s are like 1900 Wow. Well, I, again, this might go back to what Kevin said. It's like a rare card. Like, this is a 2003, 2004 card. Like, so it's after when, like, a million cards were being printed. Like, it's after yep. that 90s stretch, but before people got super excited. And, and a PSA 10 of a card that's, like, almost, like, whatever, over 15 years old, it's probably harder to find. And so, yeah, yeah it makes sense that he's high. And, like, Bergeron's amazing. He's going to go down as one of the, you know, top, whatever, I don't know, 50, 100 players of all time. Like, he's... He's had an amazing career, like especially when you don't only count offense, but like the fact that he's such a great defensive player. The ice is always tilted in his team's favor when he's on the ice. Like more shots on goal for than against. I don't yeah. know how much that translates. Obviously, it's translating a lot. People love him. He's, he's French Canadian, so I guess uh, that helps maybe his card value. He's so. got lots of gold medals with Team Canada, and people absolutely die for people that have won in a Canadian sweater. He's got cups. Yeah, there's nothing not to like about Bergeron, but as an investment, that seems pretty steep. <laughs> it would have been a good investment like 15 years ago. Sure. That would have been a good buy. Uh, then you have Pasternak, who, like, and Marchand, right? Like, all three of them were talking hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like, Pasternak for a raw young guns is more than the Kucherov. So, and then for a PSA 10, I know this is like a more rare card also. The 2014-15 series apparently didn't have as many prints. That's again what Kevin told us. Uh, we should just get Kevin on the show since I keep name dropping him so I much. Think we but yeah, can. PSA, we're talking like over $1,000 for uh, Pasternak PSA 10. So it's yeah, hard to recommend yeah. that. You might be able to find a dealer on, under that. But yeah, his are pretty high. He's also like a pretty elite player. So like, is that crazy? I don't know. I, like when you look at, you can get a Brad Marchand for like almost half. Like, is that more the avenue you should go? Like the guy that played with Sidney Crosby in the Olympics and like is always in the news. Like nobody's forgetting about him, kind of thing. Um, but still, not my selection. What is your selection? Uh, yeah, well, I'm being cheap. I'm going to go super cheap. Oh. Like, well, basically, you could either say. Pasternak, Bergeron, or Marchand, and then I'm telling people to spend all their money, and I'm not going to, which, you know, obviously, maybe you have the bigger reward by making a bigger risk, but I'll just go cheap and say Charlie McAvoy, who now, instead of, like, $1,000, we're talking, like, less than 100 for a PSA 10, and, you know, like, whatever, $10, I don't even know how much it is for a McAvoy Young Guns, but it's not, like, so much, Uh, and the big reason is because... He's already their best, like, all-around defenseman on the team, kind of like a Haskinen. Like, you know, he plays their most minutes. Uh, he's strong. Oh, I'm looking at here. Is this... Am I looking at the right thing here? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I'm looking at non-sold items. It's like 25 cents. I was like, okay, that's a little too expensive. Okay, so we're talking like $12. So it's not like the cheapest in the world. But also, I just think now that Tori Krug is out of the picture, I know that right now it looks like Matt Grizzlick is going to get the first shot on the top power plant in Boston, which is a little bit infuriating. But I guess I know I, I was reading how like because Krug was like a left-handed shooter and so is Grizzlick, so they can keep that power. And that power play has been so successful. So why rearrange it? So I get yeah. that. But like maybe short-term Grizzlick gets a shot. But you, I can't imagine McAvoy doesn't get a run at some point to run this elite top power play. And in that case, I think kind of like what I was saying about Ekblad, I think he could explode for points because he's already like a 40-ish point guy just from all of those even strength points. If you tack on 20 power play points, all of a sudden we're talking about a 60-point like, you know, superstar defenseman on an exciting team that a lot of people love. So, yeah, I th- feel like this might be a good investment right now to spend 10 bucks, 15 bucks on McAvoy. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Boston hype. Like, they're an original team, and, like, they have tons of fans. Um, I'm not as high on McAvoy. Like, I don't actually believe he's a great offensive talent. He's definitely a good D-man. Um I, like Grizzlechick doesn't even have a young gun, so I can't mm. really say that. Uh, like, I guess you could invest in his other cards, but I don't think he's really the answer either. I kind of expect Boston to do something to fill that hole. Um, but my answer is actually going to be Jake DeBrusque, who you can get for like 10 ish dollars. There's tons of opportunity for him this year because everyone's injured. Um, I think he's got a lot still to prove. Uh, he's the son of a broadcaster, so yeah. they always talk about him. Honestly, you watch those games, they do not shut up about Jake DeBrusque. Um, and he is that kind of guy that like does play a game that is exciting to watch. Yeah. Okay, so one thing in favor of DeBrusque is you even like sort of gave a price that's higher than what you can get him for. It looks sure. like it looks like he's having auctions going for like less than five dollars, but then with like three dollars shipping or whatever. But you could probably get a couple DeBrusques for ten. Oh yeah, here's a lot of two that went for nine sixty one. So yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I always include shipping in my prices because some people have like twenty dollars shipping. So sure, like, of I course. just add them in. But but either way, okay. So DeBrusque. I feel like DeBrusque is actually, even at this cheap price, I think he's a bit of a risky buy. Like, I know there's some upside if he could take advantage of this opportunity, but he's had some good opportunities in the past and hasn't really done much. And if he, like, doesn't take advantage of these opportunities he keeps getting on, like, the top power play and playing with uh, Krejci on the second line. By the way, Krejci apparently is out of the league in a year. I just heard that. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know that. Um, But DeBrusque will be on the first line to start the year, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Well, Pasternak's injured. Yeah. So exactly. So he's going to get a big opportunity, which could be good. Yeah. But imagine if he blows it and then he's like down on back on the second line or the third line by the end of the year, because he still hasn't really like shown himself to be like a star player. So I would worry that that five dollars can quickly go down to like one or two dollars. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a bit of a risk that's not doesn't exist with McAvoy or like obviously like the big guy. So I, I, I get the big, like there's upside there for sure. Yeah. If he could take advantage of the opportunity and like this whole thing about being the son of a broadcaster. Sure. Uh, but I'm worried about Jake DeBrusque. Like oh, every year we're like saying, this is the year that Jake DeBrusque is going to break out. And so at some point, if he doesn't, people are going to give up on him. Kind of like an Ellie Tolvanen over on Nashville. Like there's only so many times that we can be excited about a breakout before his card starts to plummet because we realize he's not going to be a star in the league. So. Yeah, I mean, like, DeBrusque at least is playing and, like, has had some, True. <laughs> some big moments. Like, in the playoffs that one year, he was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what you're saying. I also think, like, the window for Boston is super short. Um, like, their defense imploded. Uh, Chara signed with Washington today, so, like, he's gone, which is wild to think about. They don't have Krug anymore. I'm not even convinced they're going to be a good team anymore. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've started to have those thoughts also today that I wonder if Boston's like not as good, especially like imagine their opening night lineup when Marshawn and Pasta are still injured. Yeah. That's going to be a weak group, but I think Marshawn's going to be back apparently like pretty soon. And I'll bet you Pasternak will be back sooner than we expect. Uh, So they'll still have that high end talent soon. Like how many games are there? 56? 
Yeah, so I think yeah. like Pasta maybe misses like 10 of them. If you miss 10 games and those go poorly, like your season's over. You can't go on a 10-game losing streak this year. You're, it, you won't make the playoffs. Well, okay. But like what if they go 3-7? and seven? You know, like they just, like, it's, you know, it's not insurmountable. It's not. It's not. But I, I just don't see, like they don't have any depth, right? Like they live and die with that line. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season to see Boston maybe like a hum- not a superhuman team. Like they'll actually be a team that can be beaten on a regular basis potentially. Yeah. Uh, okay, so those are all the teams that we wanted to cover this week, which means we've actually covered every single team in the NHL over the past we four have. weeks. So if you didn't uh, catch, if you're new to Near Mint, go back to those last three episodes and you could hear us do the same exercise for every single team. And then uh now what's what's up now we've got like a couple weeks and the nhl season is starting i think the plan is a big programming note i think we're going to be taking next week off to celebrate the new year (laughs) to celebrate the new year to watch the world junior finals so go canada um (laughs) and then we'll be back second week of january with the i guess like our preseason roundup because like the the season's gonna start the next day yeah, you know what? I'm going to be taking a bunch of notes probably for an episode of Keeping Carlson all about like all the sort of preseason news and notes. And probably that could also apply to this podcast, oh, yeah. you know, like just like all the preseason news and notes, but now talk about how that affects hockey card values. So maybe that'll just be the show. And we'll, I'll just like uh, do a little repeat uh, of the content, but not the analysis, if you know what I mean. So, oh, baby. yeah. Uh, so see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks to everyone who's joined us for our first 15 episodes. The You know, it's kind of weird doing a hockey card podcast when there hasn't been any hockey. That's going to change. So uh, definitely make sure to subscribe and, and all that stuff and, and get on board for the season. Yeah, yeah. Definitely huge thanks to everyone that's been along for the ride in 2020 as hockey cards go crazy and we're all in our homes. But uh, yeah, we appreciate all the likes and the follows and especially those that are in the chat right now. Love you guys. Um, But yeah, until the new year, go get them young guns.